Hi, Sarah. Hey, Sarah. It looks like uh, you're someplace a little different this week. I am. I am on. It's so warm here. I am on the por- the back porch of, I don't know if any listeners know um, Ashley Wiles, the pineapple queen, but I am at her house in Penticton, the former home, wait, the home, then former home, and now the home again, maybe in 2021 of Iron Man Canada. <laughs> nice. What, you're just visiting or what, what'd you do? Yeah, yeah. Ashley, Doing Ashley the Iron Man course just for fun? Yeah, that's that's the kind of thing I do in my spare time no, now. <laughs> See how I said no? Like, that was like a brain, my brain being like, no, no, never. No, not that. I may go biking, though. <laughs> I may do a triathlon-related activity. Um, yeah, we, like, in Victoria, we don't get, um, we sort of have Pacific North Northwest, like, typical summer. Um, so we don't get a lot of heat, heat. So... I came to Penticton and Ashley just moved into her new place. So we're having some fun doing some working on some projects. So work yeah, and pleasure. Good. That yes, always sounds so dirty to me. <laughs> pleasure trip. <laughs> pleasure. The word pleasure in and of itself. I don't know. I can't. I can barely say it with a straight face. I'm glad it's not just me. No. I mean, there are just those words like moist. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like, you know how, like, some people call their small bo- boats, like, a pleasure craft? Oh, no. Like, I can't. No, I can't that's, even. That's I'm... totally a different kind of pleasure craft. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, on this anyway, week's episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay. After the break, there's actually triathlon news this week, which is great. Um, the Ironman World Champs are officially canceled. Uh, the advanced purchase of Iron Man is complete. Sarah takes a coaching course and a couple of fun voicemails. Hey, Sarah, I have a riddle for you. What's refreshing, oh. great, any time of day, and super awesome? Oh my gosh, is it the If You're Riding podcast? Oh no, wait, by the look on your face, it's not. <laughs> it's it's noon. Yes! It's noon, isn't it? Ding, ding, ding. You got the answer. Woo. Okay, friends, seriously, Noon Hydration has been a sponsor of Live Feisty and this very podcast for a couple of years. They are amazing. They are supportive. And we all get 30% off with the new code, note the new code, Live Feisty um, at noonlife.com. So use the code Live Feisty, E before I, at noonlife.com. I'm Sarah Gross. And I'm Sarah True, and you're listening to If We Were Riding. My time, my time. None of you people can tell me to stop this time, like the last time. You better get ready to race in the top. I'm ready to do this, show you what the truth is. I step on the field, it's time to get real, and I'm feeling so ruthless. My time. Hi, Sarah and Sarah. It's Jordan Blanco. I'm calling to let you know that um, you have a new listener. My husband um, ended up listening to the podcast while we were driving last weekend, and he got intrigued when he recognized Sarah True's voice. Um, Normally, he wouldn't be wanting to listen to a triathlon-related podcast, but um, he really uh, enjoyed the whole podcast. 
possibly because you didn't really talk about triathlon last week, um, but he appreciated Lisa Ingefield's perspective on the Maori culture um, and use of language. And at the end, um, he really commented how Sarah Chu, I guess, ended the conversation with, come on, people, let's do the work together, or, or words to that effect. And he remarked how joyful Sarah Chu was. So um, nice work, gals. Um, keep, keep up the good work. So Sarah, we have a new fan. Oh, Blanco, thank you. So we we hate to uh, take our new listener and disappoint you, but we're actually going to talk about triathlon this week. But we appreciate we appreciate the note there, the little voicemail mm-hmm. makes me yeah. warm and fuzzies all around. Yeah, we like nice voicemails. We'll take we'll take not nice ones too, as long That's as true. they're phrased uh, constructively. Yeah, I think not nice is a, we've never had really a not nice voicemail. We've had voicemails of folks inviting us in um, and voicemails from people who rock quite often. So there's always time. Yeah. I think we'll, we'll, we know that when we'll make it big time when we have haters. <laughs> oh, I know. That's the line, right? <laughs> totally. That's the line. Haters, if you're listening. <laughs> we're not big enough yet we're not big enough someday we will have haters (laughs) and then we'll do something fun to celebrate (laughs) i love it i'll plan that i'll plan that out of my head um but big news uh i guess yesterday tuesday so today will be friday when the podcast is released um that iron man officially canceled kona in february um, the 70.3 World Championships are canceled. Uh, I've seen a lot of posts on social media about that today. Yeah, I can't say I'm super surprised. I mean, even, what, probably a month and a half ago, we were taking our bets whether or not the February one would come through. So this is the thing. Yeah, is that part of me, when I'm seeing all these social media posts today about, um, you know, folks who s- sounded like they were hopeful um, that it was going to happen in February, that the Ironman World Champs are going to happen in February. Part of me is like, did you really think it was going to happen? Like, it's okay to be disappointed. Folks are allowed to, ha- allowed to have feelings about things. But I just, I think you and I were kind of on the same page that we both felt it was unlikely. Oh, I definitely think it wasn't going to happen. But then there was this part of me that's like, oh, yeah, I'm for sure going to do like a November Ironman because September and October are the question. But... It may happen. Uh, so mm. that like 20% chance of it happening, obviously it's 0% now. But I think there's nothing wrong with being an optimist. And I was hoping that my country wouldn't co- totally bungle our coronavirus response. But um, we have. Mm. Sorry, world. True. Sorry, rest of the world. <laughs> Sorry, world. <laughs> Sorry, Iron Man World Championships. <laughs> you can blame my people. <laughs> no Kona because we of should, us. That, that's what we should call this episode. Sorry, world. Yeah. <laughs> For many reasons. Now, so I just had... Sorry, I had a question. Did, did you actually feel... Like, did you feel some disappointment? Like, were you... Um, I don't even know how the qualifying was going to work. Like, were you expecting to go? Were you prepping mentally to go? It's it's a mix of things, right? So I had, I, there was this little optimistic, you know, 
bird on my shoulder that was trying to tell me and then there was a big mean hawk that was ready to rip its head off you know so like i like the little optimistic bird but i know it's not realistic Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. i did not think we were going to race this year but i kept training just in case we would but I'm not disappointed because I also didn't think we were going to have it. I, I don't know. I'm I'm an onion here, Sarah. I have lots of, you know, conflicting emotions. Lots, lots of layers. Lots of layers. <laughs> That's okay. That's allowed. I'm fairly sure our audience will um, relate to that. Um, but I think, like, I'm thinking, okay, so do we think, you know, the race in, um, is it November or December in uh, Daytona? Yeah. The PTO race. Like, so that one is still technically game on? There, right? there are lots of races that are still technically on. Okay. I just, okay. I think we need to resign ourselves to the fact that in the U.S., I can't speak to other countries because I think there probably will be races this year in other countries, but in the U.S., I just don't see us having major events like that. Yeah, do you think that there will still be i mean i guess other countries could have if i think about this so if say you have countries that have um controlled coronavirus a little better um or countries that have come through huge waves like in europe um maybe they have a type of racing that's more that's like less people more socially distanced like is that what you see happening yeah i think there will be forms of races happening um i saw some suggestion for Basically, like, there are lots of time trial start, essentially, races going Mm -hmm. on. You can't do a mass event with thousands of people that way. But it's possible to do events. Uh, I think that Super League is doing an event that's essentially a time trial where they're they're on the trainers, they're in the pool, that sort of thing. And it's Mm -hmm. only a handful of athletes. Uh but I just, I honestly don't see anything with a large field happening in the U.S. this year. Right. And honestly, right. I I commend Iron Man for finally making a decision. Because most of us saw the writing on the wall. And I really wish that World Triathlon would step it up and do the right thing and cancel the 2020 season. I think it's out, it's outrageous that they still have events on the calendar. Uh, and it's it puts athletes in a terrible position because if you are a U.S.-based ITU athlete, you are training potentially for events this year. You don't even know if you can get there because our borders are closed. Just right. put athletes... At, I mean, you look at other sports like... um, So IAAF, uh, so World Athletics, months ago... They basically said we're not going to be having any races count uh, for or times count for Olympic qualification because they wanted to minimize travel for athletes. They realized that we can't have major competitions happening this year because it's unethical to expect or expect athletes to be able to travel from from Kenya, from the U.S., from Russia, from all these different countries to chase times. Um, Mm -hmm. They made a great decision. They basically just put a freeze on qualification and said, January 1st, it will resume. But we want to put our athletes health and safety first. Um, Mm -hmm. And I wish I wish ITU had 
you know, honestly, the the same vision that IAAF had that even Iron Man kind of is having. Um, yeah, it's really interesting to me that they haven't yeah. had a stronger stance. Yeah, that is interesting. Here in Canada, like our Canadian Federation, in my opinion, has almost overdone it in terms of the restrictions they've put on athletes. Um, so, and it may come down from like the Canadian sport, whatever it is, the CAS. I'm not really sure where it originates, so I don't want to blame like Triathlon Canada because I don't know where the thought this thought originates. But when we, at first, when we went into like isolation um, for those two months here in BC, the um, like athletes were told not to train outside, even though we were as like the general public were able to train outside. So that kind of seemed weird. Like there was this sort of idea that, that the elite athletes should be setting a precedent or showing some kind of like leadership or something like this, who knows. Um, but to me, that seemed really strange uh, to not just follow like what our amazing Dr. Bonnie Henry t- was telling us to do. So like I was allowed to go have a jog around the trails and like my, my friend who's on the national team is not like that <laughs> didn't make yeah. any sense at all. That doesn't make sense. Um, yeah. So it's funny to me, like there's such a, like a stark contrast between that and then like, and then what you're saying right now, like with world triathlon, with the ITU, not making, like not making the call about, better calls about races they i know that they have um i think it's a 60 day window 30 30 day window um basically for events whether or not they'll hold them so they basically mm. are saying that uh you know event will go forward we can we ha- we reserve the right to cancel essentially 30 days in advance Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's what it is. But also, I know that they do have a provision that they will only have uh, WTS events, which is uh, the highest level of competition in ITU, uh, WTS events when 100% of countries can can participate. Uh, I think it's something like Olympic points are available when 75% of member countries can participate there they have some conditions in there Mm -hmm. but honestly i wish i wish they would just say listen this year it's it's not fair for our athletes to dangle them for that long um it's a hard decision to make but it's the right one yeah and like let the athletes like there's going to be enough stress on them with not being able to well for some people not being able to like sort of do their job um and not and not knowing what's going to happen so if you at least if you cancel for a certain length of time it gives them a a minute to like sit back maybe do something else for a couple months or or go into a different kind of training phase than you would be in if you were prepping for a race yeah if if they're saying that you can cancel 30 days out uh, again i'm i might be wrong i probably am wrong with um some of the exact details but it's it's a close enough window that you have to be in really good shape, you know, if you're canceling within a couple months out. That's what I was going to say. So that's like, a high, you're you carrying that, like, a high level of fitness. Right. As a former ITU athlete, like, like I'm asking you, I guess. I'm not a former yeah. ITU athlete. <laughs> did, did, like, you have to be a month out. Like, you're pretty sharp. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. You're, you're super fit. But the, that would be the same thing with Ironman. Just imagine the training load. Mm, yeah. 
you're basically just you're doing some sharpening those last few weeks, but the the bulk of the work's done. So the the athletes right. can't take their foot off the pedal in the same way that we now have the luxury to do, um, which makes very, a lot of sense in a global pandemic uh, for Ironman mm-hmm. or for other sports. Mm-hmm. It's not like I'm sitting yeah. around eating bonbons, you know, like you still train, <laughs> but it's it's without that pressure, that sense of urgency, especially for the athletes going into an Olympic year. Now, half of the battle is showing up mentally and physically sharp yeah the olympic year compounds it a lot right and it's for some for some people it's given them for some people it's kind of paused and forced them to continue to be fit um longer if they were sort of ready to qualify and then for others it's given them an opportunity for people who were injured or or away for some reason um so yeah that's an interesting dynamic too also, what's wrong with sitting around eating? Because I'm nothing. A lot? I don't even know what a bonbon is. <laughs> okay. Are they good? Are they sound <laughs> okay. I don't know. <laughs> it's funny because I, I, I use that phrase too. I I think it's it comes from the French word bonbon, which means candy in French, but right? What kind and of so candy? Because like, there's some really crappy or, candy out there. Yeah, I actually don't know if the phrase refer if like a bonbon is a specific type of candy. Maybe one of yeah. our listeners knows, but I do know that like bonbon right. en français is like a. If we're talking like it means can't truffles, um, are we talking like you know those nasty hard candies that old people give you in movies? I actually don't know if old people have ever. It's, it's an older <laughs> phrase. Yeah, it's a it, because it's an older phrase. I imagine it was like Werther's oh, original. Yeah, but the really like, stale like, like <laughs> off brand ones the generics <laughs> that are just they've all congealed yeah. together <laughs> that's yeah. that's a bonbon nobody in wants mind. to sit around and eat those <laughs> yeah <laughs> i just totally derailed that <laughs> okay well there's no there's no easy way to transition oh. um oh, to wait, our next topic oh is this the next topic the advanced purchase oh yes yeah. of iron man um, Sarah, tell us about it, because I didn't know about it until I talked to you today. So you are the leader okay. of the news. Uh, only slightly informed leader of the news. The purchase that mm-hmm. we had talked about previously of uh, Iron Man from Wanda Group uh, by Advance Publications. I think it's Advance Publications. They It has been finalized. Mm-hmm. So there is now a new owner. Messick is still involved. Uh, he's still CEO of Iron Man. His title changed a little bit. Uh, the interesting part to me is, so one of the guys who is now going to be involved with, uh, with, uh, Iron Man, he was part of Iron Man when it was owned by Providence. And that was the phase where they acquired a lot of debt, crippling debt that Iron Man still hasn't gotten out under, um, so I'm really interested with Jesse Dubay. I think that's his name. I'm fascinated. This okay. this gentleman's return to Iron Man, whether that's a negative, considering what happens last time he was involved. Okay, that's an interesting question. So was he, uh, was whomever, Jesse, p- involved in the decisions made when Iron Man lost yes. the money? Or was it just that Providence was... It's not that was... they lost oh, the money. Oh, so, interesting. Uh, they just, uh, they bought well. up a lot of races. <laughs> they acquired debt. And, mm-hmm. you know, debt is not necessarily right. a bad thing in business. 
but it's been mm-hmm. very difficult for Iron Man to manage that. Um, you know, part of the the purchase by Advance involved uh, the acquisition of that debt, and so like they still they still there's still profit involved, um, but yeah, it, it it to me it calls into question um, what the strategy is going to be moving forward. Because I think I think they bought mm-hmm. all those races to have a lot of value on paper, uh, to get purchased by you know a larger entity, and that was Wanda, and Wanda paid a whole bunch of money. Um, I am not fluent enough in business to totally understand all of this and why uh, Jesse's return would be potentially a positive. But if some super smart business people, <clears throat> Jordan Blanco and others, uh, would like to fill us in, that would be very helpful. Yeah, definitely. Um, I don't claim to understand it. I just, <laughs> I just wonder when we're going to get equal slots for the female pros. <laughs> <laughs> Will the new orders care? Oh, no, they're interested in profit. I mean, that's what. Yeah. That's what's really. We can't fight these battles because it's just not important to them. It doesn't. Yeah, I th- it's like it's just a super interesting world where most of sport is. Um, like we just talked about the ITU a little bit, but most of sport is managed by federations that have like the sport's best interest in mind. And um, I mean, of course, they have to make a profit or at least break even as an organization to continue to run, but. Um, they have other funding options, yada, yada. I don't know anything about this. But when a corporation owns your sport, it's just a different thing. Or in the case of cycling, a race. So you have, you know, at mm. the UCI level, they've done an okay job of trying to close the gap. So I know they have equal money for world championships for men and women. And that was a fairly recent change within the last few years. But the marquee cycling event of the world, Tour de France, does not have a female equivalent. And that's right. because it's the race owners. You know, they they have no interest in holding something equivalent for women. Even though yeah. that is where all the eyeballs in the world come from for cycling. And it's, there's no, they just say they don't want to put that money in because they don't think they're going to get it back in, in advertising and in TV rights. <sighs> Right. Even though I can show you the studies that show that they that they will, but maybe that's maybe that's another day. Um, okay. So after our next break, um, we're gonna talk. To Sarah takes um, you. Oh, you're taking a coaching course, so I want to hear about that. And our regular listeners will know that if we were riding, and all things feisty, is proudly partnered with Orca Sportswear. For 15% off all items on orca.com, please use the code livefeisty15. And that includes the wetsuits. So, good deals all around. We grossly, as in, in a big way, and truly want to thank our sponsor, Noon Hydration, for supporting If We Were Riding. If you love us, or even kind of like us, or maybe just like our content, you can make sure we grow through our Patreon campaign at patreon.com forward slash livefeisty. And also make sure you talk to us on Instagram 
at if we were riding. We love talking to people on Instagram, especially on the stories. If you want to send us a voicemail, record a voice memo on your phone and send it to Sarah at livefeisty.com. That's Sarah with no H, me, at livefeisty.com. And remember, the I comes after the E if you're feisty. We also love reviews on iTunes and written messages from you joining the conversation. If We Were Riding is a Live Feisty Media production hosted by Sarah True and me, Sarah Gross. Our editor and producer is Taylor Mahan. My time, my time. None of you people can tell me to stop this time like the last time. You better get ready to race in the top. to do this, show you what the truth is. I step on the field, it's time to get real. I'm feeling so ruthless. Okay, Sarah, you decided to take the USAT level one coaching course. Do I have that yeah, right? Yeah, so I figured... You know, I've got some time on my hands. I can do this virtually so I can sit here and in the comfort of my home not have to travel and take the level one coaching certification course. Um, I don't know 100% whether or not I will coach after I'm done in sport. I feel like you do one or the other. I take the coaching profession very seriously. I think it's... It's an, it should be an all in kind of thing. Um, I have to decide whether or not I would make that commitment because, uh, I have pretty high standards with that. So I thought it'd be interesting. I, yeah. Is that why, I mean, um, when you talk about standards, like, is that why you decided to be certified? Cause I'm guessing like if Sarah True puts out a sign that says I'm coaching now, I'm guessing you're going to get athletes coming in your door right so um so what are your reasons for um doing the course I well I definitely think one attribute of a good coach is to get lots of information from different sources and kind of develop your own coaching philosophy so you know I've worked with a bunch of coaches over the year I've picked up things I would like to do that they have done uh things that I definitely won't do and you just I think over time you figure out the way that you find it is effective to work with people because ultimately athletes are people. And if you don't understand that, you shouldn't be coaching. And I guess that I saw this as a way to see what USA Triathlon's uh, values were and what they thought a coach should conduct themselves um and the information they should know when they start out because i've i've done a little bit you know i've done some clinics here and there but i've never coached full on so i'm going Mm -hmm. into it's a totally different profession and that's the part okay this is side note just because you are you just oh can i can (laughs) i just you know (laughs) just because you do triathlon doesn't mean you know how to coach triathlon and absolutely it's a totally different skill set in some ways they're opposing skill sets uh you know as an athlete you have to be very self-involved and to be a good coach it's being very selfless um no obviously if you're in the sport you start to learn some things and if if you're curious as an athlete you're gonna learn some things as well but um yeah it was it was interesting but You've coached, right? 
Yeah. Sorry. Can we just we we can talk about that. I just want to pause it because did we just announce like Sarah True Coaching? No, 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 like, no, 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 no. <laughs> we. This is you know okay. you know how um, uh. So like when presidential candidates, they decide whether or not they're going to do uh, a a campaign, run for office. They do an exploratory yep. committee, like they. They feel it out. This is part of my exploratory okay. committee, you know, whether or not I would be a coach. But something I'm thinking about. So right. no, not coaching yet because I want to do it 100% and I'm not there yet. Okay, interesting. And I had one more question before we move on. I, like, I'm wondering what, you've probably been coached a lot in your career, in your long athletic career. What do you consider to be some of the, the key qualities that are best for a coach? Oh, Sarah, we could have such a long discussion about this. Um, I know. I think personal integrity is a massive one. So you, how you conduct yourself personally and professionally should align. Um, and, you know, I think you should be honest with athletes. I think you should put them before yourself. Um, you should be prepared to tell them things they may not want to hear that will ultimately benefit them long-term. I think you should be intellectually curious, um, have really good critical thinking skills because there's a lot of information out there and a lot of it's bad. Um, I think you should be empathetic. You should be interested in people. This is a big one. There are a lot of coaches out there who are interested in sports. They're interested in performance. They're interested in business. Uh, and they think that's going to make them a good coach. And that might make them money. But who's to say that's going to make them a good coach without the empathy uh, aspect? Because I would want to work with athletes knowing that they developed um, under me. And a lot of coaches can see athletes as expendable if you see it as a, an ends to mean instead of, um, or means to an end instead of seeing them as an individual with their own process. Right. How about you? That's a great answer. Wow. Um, I was just thinking about, like, I, I was thinking about, as you were talking earlier about my, um, how, when I, how things change from when I first started coaching to later. Um, so you're absolutely right. Like I consider the soft skills of coaching to be the most important ones. And by that, I mean like, um, emotional intelligence, uh, maybe an ability to read people, figure out how to motivate different people in different ways. Um, I think those things are super important. Um, and then secondly, oh, obviously you have to, you have to know how to write a triathlon program. Um, but I think the, like when I first started coaching, because I had been coached as an elite athlete for so many years, I think I treated everyone a little bit too much like a performance athlete. Um, so that was one of the things that I like came back from a lot was realizing that like actually, especially with beginner to mid-level um, amateur age group athletes, like a lot of the time, if you can keep people motivated and get them out the door, right? Um, that's really the main thing. Like the nuts and bolts of the program become more and more important, the better the athlete. Yeah. Right? It's, um, it's understanding what drives people. Yeah. So that like that, um, what do you say? Like the pieces that we both mentioned, like about 
um, yeah, understanding people and how, knowing how to motivate people and stuff are needed and consistent across the board, no matter who the athlete is. <laughs> um, but the, the technical knowledge is um, on, a more, on a more sliding scale, if you see what I mean. Um, so if you have a beginner who's doing the first sprint, I'd rather like somebody with no triathlon experience at all just wrote them like a keep moving every day of the week on a swim, bike, or run program. If they could keep that person motivated and going, they'd, they would probably be a better coach than someone who, who could write a technical, technically amazing training plan, but well, totally. couldn't motivate. I mean, wh- one, of, um, yeah. one of the things you'll, you'll frequently hear is that a really world-class coach could move sports, have no information base in a different sport, and once they acquire the basics they could be world-class in that. And it's mm. the understanding of human beings that allows you to do that. Not like you, mm-hmm. you learn the technical stuff along the way, but honestly, for the vast majority of people, you don't, you don't need to do VO2 max testing, you know, in, in amateur athletes, you don't really even need to do it in pros. Um, right. So it's, it's good to know physiology. It's good to know the technical stuff and the, the sports science underlying a lot of the principles. But yeah. it's really easy to get caught up in that and forget that these are humans with lives. And ultimately, a good training plan is management of load and applying stimulus over time and getting adaptation. It's really, you don't need to overcomplicate it. You just need to understand yeah. humans. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I and say that with not I, a lot um, of experience coaching. <laughs> <laughs> but you said it well and with conviction. So. <laughs> I think, I think too, like the, the community aspect is often forgotten because we live in this, in our triathlon world where people hire an individual coach, you know, and a lot of people are like, I'm on my training plan and I do this at Monday at 8am and da, 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 da. whereas like sometimes just like joining your community triathlon club and showing up for the swim sets and, and the bikes and the runs is is the best move you know well that that was one of the things that I found really surprising in the course was uh one of the the case studies a coach used was basically somebody who's interested in fitness you know she wants to finish her first triathlon she does a little bit mm-hmm. of exercise and nobody asked the question whether or not having a personal coach was even relevant. You know, it's it's great, great for business. And that's where this coach clearly was coming from. Like he was very much a business motivated coach. Um, right. And I guess that's okay. Like people are motivated by different things. But nobody raised their hand and was like, could she get some program online? That's or a book or, you know, something super basic. And that would be good enough. Yeah. So yeah, I th- yeah. I think we might have a little bit of a coaching problem in triathlon. Okay. So are there more? Like, so was this the first part of the car- course? Are you going back for more? I uh, no. I have to take a class or I uh, sorry a test um, by the end of August and get CPR CPR certified, and I will be a certified coach. And they give me access to the logo. The certified coach mm-hmm. logo. Um, hmm. Mm-hmm. So wow, fancy. that's amazing. You get a logo. <laughs> Maybe I get like a principal certificate that I can hang up. <laughs> 
It's, you know what's funny? When I started coaching, I didn't even know there was a certification. Like I just like I asked Darren, who was our the co- the same coach that we've had, to like mentor me and help make sure I was like creating decent programs. Um, and then I just sort of started yeah. started working with people. I remember calling my athletes like I would be on training camp in Switzerland and calling from like the payphone <laughs> that first summer when I had like two or three athletes. Yeah, I would go to the payphone. I would put the I don't know, Swiss francs, I suppose, into the <laughs> into the machine and call up my athletes in Canada. So So why why did you stop coaching? Um because building a media company is, requires all of my attention. It was more it honestly it was more just like um understanding my emotional energy and how much I have to give. Yeah. Um so yeah. I slowly over time like I love coaching but now I sort of see that same those same things that I love about coaching I will say uh like I take care of my team in 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 a similar way like I make sure that they're enjoying their job and we talk about any trouble that they're having or whatever. So some of those same skills apply over now to yeah, to the media stuff. You're you're a media coach. You're a media coach. coach. Yeah, there we go. Feisty coach. Yeah, I I think you you hit the nail on the head is that you really do need to put a lot of energy into it to do it right. A lot of emotional energy. And yeah, I don't want to make that plunge until I'm ready to do that because I want to put a lot of myself into it if I want to do it. Yeah. That makes sense. Well, mm. kudos to you. That's good. Keep us posted on how yeah, the exam well, goes. Actually, I, we know. I am super fascinated what other people's experiences were. If they are a level one coach, if they've done, because uh, there are three levels and you can do all these other like CUE courses. And there's a whole business at USAT about coach certification. So if you've had good experiences, bad experience, if you think it's transformed you as a coach, if you think it was a waste of money, I'm curious because honestly, I have no idea. Um, we'd love to know. Yeah, shoot us an cool. email. Good question. Shoot a shoot yeah. us a voicemail. Send us mail. a voicemail. Yeah, send us a voicemail. Mm-hmm. Sarah, you want to do the voicemail yeah. plug? I will. I will. And at the same time, I'll do like the the outro voicemail intro. So so if you want to send us a voicemail, um, you can send it to me, Sarah with no H at livefeisty.com. And E before I and Feisty, of course. Um, and yeah, and this year, or this year, <laughs> this week, we had, a, we've been doing this thing. If you haven't been listening the last few weeks, Sarah and I have been doing um, an I rock because segment or phrase. So when people have come on, like we asked Lisa and Kelly, we've got voicemail. So we're asking folks to tell us to just answer that, basically answer that sentence or finish that sentence. I rock because. So um, we want to celebrate Kayla on the way out. So we're going to leave her words as the final words. Congratulations, Kayla. Hey, Sarah and Sarah. It's Kayla. I feel like we could use some more celebrations and positivity this week. So I rock because I'm purchasing my first home. Tell me to stop my town, my crown. We know what it takes to be reaching the top. We're reaching the top. We're reaching the top. We know what it takes to be reaching the top.